Greetings, everyone. You're tuned in to another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Rayshard Pinkney. I want you to get close and get your Bibles and follow me in the scripture. And let's have a conversation that matters. Okay. Uh-oh. Now, I want to ask you something. When, All right. What well, you got? It's a very, very simple. In, in, in a man in the, in the war, in the foxhole, and somebody in the foxhole leads him to the Lord, and then he gets shot. So you got two human beings, one in a combat situation. Neither one of them could get baptized. So the question that's on the table is, then how do you explain somebody who does not have the opportunity to get baptized? Quite simple. If somebody's not able to get baptized, then they can't receive baptism. However, they did not reject baptism. But I first must tell you about baptism. Baptism is not just an outward example of your inward faith. Baptism is not just an outward expression of your inward faith. Baptism is necessary for the removing of the sin of Adam. Baptism is necessary to remove the sin of Adam. That's why the Bible teaches is for the remission of sin. So it's a disabled sin. Uh, Adam's sin was the sin that you and I were born with. So that's an inherited sin. Scriptures say you were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So the sin of Adam is the sin that we inherited. And so therefore the scripture teaches that we are washed uh, from the regeneration um, by the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Um, So baptism is not just that outward sign. So this is how you come to realize why you must receive baptism. Baptism is the order and the ordinance that God have ordained for the for the mankind that is on this side of the earth. Um, we can't speak for people that um, Jesus saved prior. People that saved prior, that was not his requirement. For people that saved today, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again of water and spirit. So then, how do you explain somebody who does not have the opportunity to get baptized? Quite simple. If somebody's not able to get baptized, then they can't receive baptism. However, they did not reject baptism. See, the difference is if you reject baptism, then now you're no longer able to receive it. Acts 8, skipping to verse 35, says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. So, do you see how uh, the scripture that he was reading was the book of Isaiah, and he was reading about how the uh, lamb was going down before the shearer, and from that scripture, Jesus was preached. From that scripture, the eunuch comes out and asks a question concerning baptism. Now, how did the eunuch get on baptism when the scripture was talking about a lamb or a sheep being um, sheared? They have been found dumb before the shearer. How did he get baptism out of that preaching, out of that conversation? Somewhere in that message of preaching Jesus, Philip had to speak of baptism. The reason of speaking of baptism is not an outward sign of an inward faith removal. It was the removal of the Adamite sin. If you notice when Jesus had come back, he spoke to his disciples in John um, 21, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jesus had spoke to his disciples, actually John 20 and 21. He said, unto you it is given to remit Sin, he said, unto whosoever sins you remit, he said, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. That was not giving Peter and them the power to, um, to reject somebody if they prayed and asked for forgiveness of a sin that they needed to repent of. That was giving Peter and them the power to baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, this is how your sins get remitted. So when the eunuch was told to go to the chariot, the eunuch had the power to remit that sin, not a sin that he may have committed uh, in his flesh. A sin of adultery, a sin of uh, fornication. These sins you have to repent from and God have to grant you the spirit of repentance to turn from these sins. However, the sin of Adam is a sin that the preacher have power to remit. He have the, because you cannot baptize yourself. So then the preacher have the power to remit sin. The sin of Adam, he have that power. When he was given the charge, to command the chariot to stand still, he said, see, here's, there's water. Why is water important in a scripture that's talking about a sheep? Because somewhere in that message, in order to accept what Jesus Christ did as a sacrificial lamb, in order to accept what he did, there's going to have to be water baptism. And that's what this chariot um, stood still for, is to get baptism done so that the sin of Adam could be removed. The scriptures say, by one man, sin was brought into the world. Also, by one man, shall that same sin be taken away. Huh? So... That's how sin is removed. That's how sin is remitted. Sin is remitted by baptism. So a person that have the opportunity to get baptized. So they were in a desert, but obviously God provided a way for water to be available so that baptism can be um, done. Okay? Now, if you're in an instance where baptism or water is not available, do the scripture have 
a way for you to receive salvation. Let me first clear up that yes, you are saved through baptism. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation, again, is the process of being saved. Salvation is the fullness of being saved. So it's similar as I use um, a person that is in the ocean, stranded in a big ocean. A person is out and he's in the water, drowning. That person needs a boat to come and rescue them. Well, that's what baptism is. Baptism is that boat that come and rescue you. You are then brought out of that water and put into a boat. When you're put into that boat, you're saved. You have been saved from an element that could kill you. Okay? But you're not, you don't have salvation. You still have to get to shore. You still have to get to a safe location. And that's why that boat that you get into must have a direction that is going. That boat that you get into must take you to shore, to the promised land, that is the kingdom of God. So baptism puts you into that boat. That boat is the body of Christ. That boat is the church of the living God. Baptism puts you into the church of God. Uh, Romans 6 and 3. What does it say? Romans 6 and 3. I want to read that for you real quick. So Romans 6 and 3 says, Know ye not, that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Baptized into Christ. Uh, so when you get baptized, you get put into Christ. Um, just like Christ was put into the grave, you are put into Christ. You're put into uh, the body. And that's what baptism does. Once you have received that baptism, it puts you into the race. It don't finish the race for you. That's why once save, always save is not accurate. When you get put into the body of Christ, you must continue to grow and learn the ways of God. That way you can be presented back to God when he come. Nobody has it made. So when you get baptized and the sin of Adam is removed off of you, that does not give you concrete evidence to go into God's kingdom. You must follow on to know the Lord. You must receive the spirit of God. But while you're receiving, while you're learning, you are saved. You're saved from Death, And that's what pulling you out of that dangerous ocean will do. It puts you into a place that you can receive refuge and you can be safe. Huh? All right. All right. So that's how you get saved. That's what baptism is for. It removes the sin of Adam. It, a sin that was not committed by you, Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb, was made the sacrifice for us in order to receive or get saved. Now, once you're in there, you must continue, you must strive that you may obtain. So then, some, like I say, somebody may say, well, what if at all attempts, I don't have the ability to get um, baptized? 
Okay? Now, keep in mind, God can do whatsoever he will. God can. If God choose to save a person without um, them having baptism, God can do that. But the instructions that he gave to preachers and to the church and left on record that you can go in your Bible and read is to receive baptism. But in case that you are not able and you are fellowship and connected to the body of Christ. All right. So you have been hearing the word. Right? You heard the word, but you haven't been able to get to baptism. The scripture teaches of being baptized for the dead. First Corinthians 15. And we'll start at um, we'll start at verse 27. Matter of fact, verse 26. So one, two, three, first Corinthians 15 and verse 26. It said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the son also himself be subjected unto him that put all things under him that God may be all in all. Okay? Else, what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? So, Paul is talking here and saying, if there is no resurrection, then why are people baptized for the dead? Okay, he said, what shall they do that are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? That's talking about the resurrection. So the reason that you need the baptism done is to remove the sin of Adam. But what is the use of getting the sin of Adam removed if resurrection is not going to happen? If we're doing this, like I say, if the whole key to you getting in the body of Christ is only to stay in the body of Christ and not to go to the kingdom of God, then we're doing this in vain. But Paul is saying here, the reason that you are put into the body of Christ is that one day you will rise in the newness of life. One day you will be resurrected. And that resurrection is so that you can live with God in the kingdom of God. But if the dead don't rise, then why are you baptized? Right? You can read about the scripture where people that had received the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is the DNA, is the connection between you and God. That's how God recognized you. He that have not the spirit of Christ is none of his. Well, if you get the spirit of God before you receive baptism, the scripture teaches that baptism is still necessary especially if you're alive, because that is a direct order. The scriptures say, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? And that same group that had received the Holy Ghost before baptism still had to go back and be baptized. Why? Because it's only designed to get the sin of Adam removed by baptism. That's the salvation. That's the thing to save you. So when you're calling on the name of Jesus Christ, 
okay, for the remission of sin. You have to use his operation. Circumcision was once a operation for salvation. Everybody had to be circumcised at eight days old to have the covenant. Well, now circumcision has been removed. And when circumcision is removed, the operation of baptism is now in effect. Okay? This is how come you can read throughout the scriptures where uh, even though somebody had already been baptized, if they didn't have the correct baptism, then they were now had to be baptized. They were commanded to be baptized. Not asked, but they were commanded. So, if you're not able to get baptized, if you're connected with the body of Christ, then someone is able to get baptized for you because the sin of Adam is removed by that baptism. Okay? But I did it not is. really understand that if a person was uh, saved at the in a situation where, well, like you said, if a person's unable to be uh, baptized... It, there, there's no disobedience. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a new look at it. There you have it. You just heard another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Ray Shot, and if you would like to hear these sessions live and in person, email me at letstalkjesus at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay blessed.